friend, welcome to Brilliant Business Moms, a podcast all about helping brilliant women just like you to build a business on the side while spending time with their families. I'm your host, Beth Ann Schwamberger, and we're going to have a great time together. Let's get started. So today on the show, we have Laura Smith of iHeartPlanners.com. Laura is a wife and a mom of two very little littles. <laughs> she loves planners, organizing, and chocolate. And we're so excited to have her back on the show today. Laura is going to get really real with us today. And, and so I'm excited for the topic that, that she'll be sharing on. So welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be back. And I'm so excited to have you back. I feel like so much has changed since we had you on the podcast. I think it was back in 2014. And at that point, you were a brand new mom. You had one little baby girl. How have things changed for you, your life, and your business since we last talked? Oh my goodness, so much has changed. Like, not one thing is the same. So when we last talked, yeah, like you said, I was, um, my first daughter was 12 weeks old, and my business was maybe not quite two years old. Since that time, I've had another son who is now seven months old. So my daughter's not quite two and a half, and my son is seven months. This past summer, when he was three weeks old, we moved from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to Iowa. So we moved locations, and my business Oh my goodness. I couldn't even tell you how different it is. I don't think one thing, hardly anything I was selling when I last talked to you is something that I'm selling right now. So we've kind of definitely made a ton of changes in the business. Mainly I've shifted away from all uh, physical products. As much as I love creating those digital products work better for my lifestyle and uh, are just less stressful and are more profitable for me. And then I've also, I think when I talked to you, I probably had, I did everything myself. I was a true solopreneur and now I have brought on a lot of people to help me in the business and I hope to continue to do that a lot more in the coming year. Oh, that's awesome. And don't you agree that like hiring help is just this amazing (laughs) thing? I mean, I'm just, I'm so grateful for the ladies that helped me in my business. I just feel like... It changed everything once I was able to to kind of create a team. Definitely. The best, yeah. So the, probably one of the best things I have done was has been to bring on people to help me. So I'm not doing it all by myself. Yeah. <laughs> so Laura, we talked a little bit before hitting record on this podcast interview, and you have really bravely agreed to talk about failure on our podcast today. And you've mentioned that, you know, this past year was both full of some of your biggest failures and some of your biggest successes. So I'd love to kind of dig into that and have all of the moms out there listening be able to kind of get a peek behind the curtain of your business and learn from those failures that you've had this year. Yes. So you're very right. It's been like my best year ever as far as revenue and profit and growth and all these amazing, wonderful successes. But there has also been several things that I tried that really did not work at all or did not work the way that I thought they would. And I feel like this has been true all along. Like I don't if you have like the magic way to like go through business and never have anything that doesn't work out, be sure to let me know. But I think for most of us, that's not the way it happens. And I feel like the further I get into business, in some ways, 
the bigger the successes and the bigger the failures have been for me. Oh, I think that is so true. So do you mind giving some of those specific examples of like, what are what are some of those things that you viewed as as a big failure this year? And what did you kind of take away from those? Sure. So I'll share some of my failures. The funny thing is, I agreed to do this episode talking about failure because I thought it would you know, just be encouraging to people to hear that they're not the only one and that, that it's okay, you can move along. And I was thinking, okay, what failures do I want to share? <laughs> And I realized I had more than I thought I did. So, you know, things just aren't always, don't always go perfectly. But my major things that did not work out well this year, number one, there was like a, I'm going to call it a launch that I did back in September. And we poured like so much time and energy and money into it. I had had a baby in June. We had moved and I hadn't had a lot of hours myself to put into the business. And so this was like my first thing back, you know, and so like I was ready to go and we did this free challenge. I partnered with someone else and everything was going great. And I don't view this like failure as like, I'm glad we did it. I don't know that I would have changed anything necessarily, but it was supposed to be like, I hadn't really made many sales for a few months. So I was hoping this would get sales moving again. Let's just say I might've sold 10. And last time, the the previous September, I'd sold like 700. (laughs) So clearly it did not have the results and sales that I was hoping it would. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I'm curious. So like, so what was different about the way you marketed this product this year versus last year? And what do you think you'll change when you launch it next year? Yeah. So it was definitely a learning experience as far as that goes. So the real difference, and I even remember when I was working um, to put this together and everything, I remember I remember mentioning briefly, like, I don't think that my free offer, the free challenge, because challenges are, you know, kind of in right now. I remember saying, I'm not sure if like the connection between what we're challenging people to do and those people and the product we're offering them on the end is really tight. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit worried about it, but I was kind of like, I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it. And I was kind of like, eh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, now it's crystal clear to me that if you, first of all, if you hear those little, like those little offhanded comments that you make that you're like, I'm not quite sure if this is going to be the best fit, listen to those. (laughs) Don't just dismiss them. And secondly, anytime you offer, and I've seen this, not just myself, I mean, I really should have known better, but I've seen this so many times where when you offer a freebie and then there's something you want to sell, make sure there is a really tight correlation between the freebie and the product you're selling and really make sure that that like product is the logical next step after they consume the freebie. And that was my real mistake. They're just, it wasn't the right people. I was offering them something amazing and free and everybody loved it. And there was a lot of people and it was very, people were very engaged and participating and we had a lot of people, but then we offered them a product that was fairly disconnected and that doesn't work. (laughs) So I feel like I really learned that in a way that I won't repeat that (laughs) again. I think that's a lesson that is, it can be really tricky, especially for newer business owners. I find this like from my students all the time where they just brainstorm and come up with some great freebie. And then they're like, and then I'm going to pitch this. And you're like, no, that's, 
that's not going to work. It's not going to make sense. And I think it's so easy to like get excited about building your list, you know, that you don't like, it's, it's hard to take that extra time to really, like it really does kind of hurt your brain to come up with the perfect freebie that, you know, ultimately leads into the sale. But, you know, hey, as you learned, like just taking that extra time and really making sure it's, you know, it's planned out. It's that logical next step. I mean, that's so important. And it's easy to feel like they're more tightly correlated in your mind than they are because I loved my freebie and I loved my product. So wouldn't everyone else also love my freebie and my product? So just because you happen to like, you know, puppy dogs and chocolate doesn't mean you should do a puppy dog challenge and sell everyone chocolate. You know, <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. So what are some of those other things that kind of made your list for the year? Okay. So another thing that made my list, so one of the things I think I mentioned already that I've been doing is getting a lot of help in my business. And overall, that has been one of the best things like I've ever done in terms of my personal sanity and in terms of helping the business grow. And so I've looked at getting help in pretty much anywhere that I could. And I feel like hiring help, whether it's like somebody to you know, directly help you for a couple hours a week at home or on your business, or whether it's somebody like hiring out to a designer for a web design or hiring out somebody to do kind of a service for you. That's kind of scary because sometimes you have to invest some money. And so earlier this year, I wanted to build out some funnels that were kind of more sophisticated than what I've been doing, not just like, okay, here's a a freebie and then they can buy something. Like I wanted to do the more sophisticated funnels where we could run ads to it and they would opt in and then it takes them to a limited time offer. And if they don't buy that, they get one email sequence, but if they do, they get another, you know, so I want to do some more complicated things. And I knew, I knew that with a brand new baby and a little girl and everything that I had going on, there is no way that I would get that done with myself or even with the team that I had. So I wanted to hire some experts who knew what they were doing, had done it a million times and could really give me some guidance and get the job done for me. However, (laughs) I hired someone, I paid them. I mean, we're talking like it was over $6,000 and the results have been, I would say basically honestly, nothing. We've, we've paid about, I think I've paid about $600 in ads and made about $400 from it. (laughs) So yeah, that was definitely a failure. (laughs) But I want to say that to say that it didn't make me go run into a hole and say, I'm never spending any money again. I'm never trying any funnel again. Funnels don't work for me. Facebook ads don't work for me. That's, that's not true. They actually, they actually do (laughs) work and they do work for me, but They did not work in that specific situation. And I think that, you know, the moral of that story is, A, sometimes you have to try a few things before you find what works. So do your homework, but sometimes it's just not going to work out the way you think. And that's okay. (laughs) And I would also say when you're choosing someone Anytime I've like hired someone to work for me as much as possible, I've tried to start them out with like a mini project. So I'm going to pay you, you know, $50 to do this one little thing and we're going to see how it works. So if that's ever possible, I highly recommend that because that's going to save everybody time and trouble because 
if they're not the best fit, they could be an awesome person. And this person, I know she's gotten results for tons of people, but our fit just wasn't, it just wasn't really a good fit for whatever reason. So I would say definitely do that. And then take financial risks that fit with where you are in business. Had I done this three years ago, like I would have basically had to shut down the doors. (laughs) Like I didn't have $6,000 to lose. But doing it at this point, okay, like that's a bummer. I really didn't want to lose $6,000, but I had it saved up and it didn't really hurt anything um, in the long run. So I would say make sure when you make those kind of investments and risks that you are doing that with with some forethought and wisdom and with the, the expectation, the realization that pretty much everything you do in business has some, there's not a lot of guarantees. So I think understanding that at least helps a lot for me. That's so true. And, you know, I like what you said about how, you know, at this stage of your business, it was okay. I mean, it's obviously not desirable to lose that six grand worth of a service that didn't really pan out so well, but you were you could afford to do that. So this is one thing I'll see sometimes of a new business owner where they want to throw all their money, all their life savings into one thing and they're so convinced it's going to work out and be successful. And, you know, that's scary because what do you do? Like you said, it's nothing's guaranteed. So what do you do when it doesn't work out? Yeah. You know, as your business grows, you can make those more calculated risks. Yeah. And I would say just don't, yeah, definitely don't give up and don't be like, because I have been in business now for four years. I've had a ton of successful launches. I've worked with a ton of people where it did work out. So you know, I have some experience in knowing what I'm doing in that area, but I still make mistakes. And if, you know, just because you're newer and it happened to you near the beginning doesn't mean you should say, oh my goodness, I'm terrible at business. I should just shut the doors and run away. That's not true. I mean, if you need to cry about it, fine. Go (laughs) have yourself a good cry and then come back and make a plan. And this is what we're going to do now. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, That's great advice right there. I mean, we all have had so many things that didn't work out how we thought they would. And honestly, the only thing that separates a successful business owner from not successful is generally it's like, do they keep going, you know? (laughs) Laura, I'm curious after this experience with, you know, a sales funnel that really didn't work out the way you wanted it to, are there any particular lessons you've taken away from how you will craft your sales funnels in the future? Or like, is that something you're going to do yourself from now on? Or what's kind of the new plan? Okay, so the new plan surrounding sales funnels is to be honest, you never know until you try. (laughs) Testing, testing, as you know, with Facebook ads, because I know you've done a lot of them. It's all about testing. And for me, try the things that because I have since had a hugely successful funnel way that made me way more than the $6,000 that I lost. So had I just said, Oh, my goodness, these aren't for for me, they don't work for my business. I had a bad experience. I'm going to go like bury my head in the sand. I would have lost so much. So specifically as far as funnels, I would say you've got to you've got to test. And it's not something that you can just like throw one ad up in 30 minutes and see what happens and if it doesn't work, you can say, "Oh, well, I guess, you know, my audience doesn't respond to ads." <laughs> it has to be the kind of thing where you test different things. So for me, what I've specifically found and this I know goes against what the experts tell you and I know it does not work for a lot of businesses 
But for me and my business, running ads direct to a sale works extremely well. I couldn't tell you why, (laughs) but we have tested and tested and tested. And most of the time we do really, really well when instead of giving them like running ads to an opt-in and then giving them the opportunity to buy, if we're just like, here it is, (laughs) do you want it or not? And my audience responds really well to that. But I mean, the moral of that isn't maybe your audience will, maybe they won't, but you really need to take the time to test. That's great advice. So I hate to keep harping on like the failure list, <laughs> but I did want to give you one more chance. Like, are there any other kind of setbacks you've had in 2016 that you wanted to share about and some lessons you've learned? So I'd say that the only other thing that this was a little bit less of a setback, this was just maybe like a kind of like the first one, a net neutral. Like I worked pretty hard on another funnel. Again, this has been the year of funnels, successes, and failures. (laughs) So as I was exploring more in the world of funnels, I worked somewhat hard on another funnel and it again did not convert. Like it was just kind of a net neutral. Like we made back what we invested but we couldn't make it profitable beyond that. And that, I can tell you exactly why, yet again, where I should have listened to that little voice in my head, it's because there was a big mismatch between the freebie and the product we were offering them. (laughs) Yet again, like that theme comes back. And sometimes I wonder, like, I think when you see it in someone else, you can recognize it right away. Like if somebody comes to you and is like, oh, you know, Bethann, what do you think of my freebie? I'm selling my freebie is how to train your dog and I want to sell them a chocolate box subscription and you're like no please don't but sometimes when you do it yourself it's a little bit harder to see to see it in yourself so I I think the lesson is I kind of wish that I had been a little bit less anxious to get them out the door because I think it's a problem for most everyone. And it's for me, like when you are working really hard on something and you're really excited about it, you just want to get it out the door as fast as you can. You're like, I worked so hard on this freebie. I want everyone to see it. I want to see how it does. But if I'd held back and been a little bit more patient and been like, it's okay, we don't need to get it done. Or especially one of my goals for this year, especially is to set way less deadlines in my business. <laughs> because I feel like deadlines help us get things done, but arbitrary deadlines can also make us get things out that aren't quite ready or that haven't, we're not as patient with testing. So I want to like slow down and be a lot more patient, give myself time for a lot more feedback, a lot more small group testing and things like that, instead of just being like so ready to get it out and just see how it does and hope it does well, I guess. Mm, that's a great point. I'm definitely a deadline fan, but I I see what you're saying there. And I'm generally a person where I'll have my deadline and then the deadline comes and I'm like, wait, wait, I need another week or two. <laughs> so yeah, you're making me feel better about that. <laughs> I needed that extra week yeah. or two to really think it through. I just think there's such a balance. And I really think it changes in different stages of business. Like when I first started, I mean, I just needed to get stuff out the door. Like I was too afraid to get anything out. I wanted everything to be absolutely perfect, but yet I didn't have a lot of experience. So it took me a really long time to get things the way that I wanted them. But as I go further in business, I think we kind of get to a place where 
we need to slow down. We need to stop throwing, at least me, (laughs) as many things out there. And we need to take the time to refine the things that we do have. And I think that's at least where my stage in business is right now. And it's a little bit, I'm taking, I'm actually taking one of the courses I'm taking this year that is like blowing my mind in terms of like, is this guy reading my mind? It's called the 90 day year. And he talks a lot about that and the different stages of business. And I kind of, I kind of think that's where I'm at. So once I like heard that, I was like, yes, that is me. And that is kind of where I need to go. So Laura, I know we've been harping on those failures. (laughs) I wanted to give you a chance to talk about some of your successes from this past year as well and what you've learned from those. Okay, yes. Yeah. So lest you think I'm just a big failure or <laughs> yeah. something. I've certainly had a great many successes and a lot more successes than failures. And I've tried, you know, when something doesn't go well to just move on, learn from it and move on. So that this year, in fact, has been my best year ever. We've, we've done the, by far the most revenue, the most profit. We've reached the most people. So I've had a, a lot of successes. Um, one success that I actually did have was after much effort and many failed <laughs> attempts, I did manage to get a really profitable funnel up and going. And that's something I have not really been able to do um, to this point in my business. For one thing, we all have limited time. So I was focusing more on like one-time launches, you know, so open and close the card or raise the price or something like that, you know, and launching it to my whole list. And I wasn't really uh, capitalizing on the opportunity to offer someone the chance to buy something shortly after they signed up or right as they signed up for my email list. And so I have really delved more into the world of funnels. And I feel like um, that'll give me the opportunity to stabilize my income some And eventually, the theory is be able to have some steady income coming in without having to work super hard on a lot of launches all the time. So that was a major success. Um, Once I worked through everything and got a funnel up that is really working for me. Also, earlier in the year, huge, huge success. Early in the year, I launched List Building Academy, and that was my first ever product to help show other bloggers and online entrepreneurs how to build a profitable email list. And that's just been a huge success. I I remember about the end of... So last year was 2016, so the end of 2015, I remember really um, struggling with where I wanted the business to go. And I felt like I had this course, like I felt like it was inside of me and it was in my heart. And I was like, dying to share with people, but I felt really conflicted about because the whole focus of my blog and business is home organizing and planners and printables. And so I felt very conflicted about whether or not I wanted to add some other thing to the mix. (laughs) Because as you know, if you spread yourself too thin, you're not going to be effective at anything. And so I'd really wrestled with that a lot. And I finally decided, look, I'm just like, so excited about this. And I really, really want to share this with other people. And so even if it doesn't make the most sense, you know, when you look at it from a objective analytical perspective, which as an engineer, I like to look at everything that way. But sometimes I kind of have to let my heart do the talking and be like, this is what I'm so excited about. And I think because of how, how much I want to share it, I think it's going to go well. And I'm so glad I made that decision because it's gone so well. I know it's helped so many people. I just love getting like, emails from people who are like, 
I finally started my list. I finally got my freebie up. Oh my goodness. Like somebody said they had been like working for like over a year and they built their list of 500. But after they took the course and learned some things and implemented them in the next three months, they grew their list by like a thousand and things like that. And I just hearing things like that just makes me definitely feel like going in that direction was definitely the right decision. (laughs) So that was another huge win for me this year. I also had a baby boy. So that was a big win. And he's, of course, a sweetheart. So, you know, and really having, um, I've also toward the end of 2015, I brought on a new team member who's been just amazing. <laughs> like, and I feel like sometimes if you feel like you're trying to bring on team members and you're not, you don't feel like it's really helping you and you're like, oh my goodness, all these other people are talking about how amazing it is. You probably don't have the right people. <laughs> Once you get the right person, you're going to, I mean, that's when I was like, oh, she does it not as good as I do, but better than I do. This is amazing. (laughs) So that was, that's been so, that has been like a lifesaver this year. And that has allowed me to, you know, in that season where I had a newborn and a two-year-old and we were moving halfway across the country, it allowed me to work just two or three hours a week, but you hardly even knew it. (laughs) Like everything kept on moving in the business uh, because I had people that I loved working with me. So like, those are just a few successes, but definitely the list of successes outnumbers the list of failures, thankfully. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think that's incredible that, you know, you had your most profitable year, biggest revenue year, and by the way, had a baby moved across the country. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's pretty incredible right there. And I totally agree with in terms of building a team because I have tried out certain people in the past where it wasn't a great fit. So we parted ways or whatever. But man, when you find those right people, it's like incredible. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, Laura. And any mom business owner who's out there listening, seriously, it's worth it to find the right people to bring onto your team because – you know, you can bring people on that have strengths that are different from yours and can do some of the things that you might struggle with. They can do them like 10 times faster than you can. So yeah, it's great. So Laura, I know we've talked about your failures. We've talked about your successes. And first of all, I think it's awesome that, and something that people should realize is that you can have both of those in the same year and still be doing awesome. So success and failure do go together sometimes. What advice do you have for anyone out there who's just so afraid of failing? So my biggest piece of advice is don't let that stop you. And don't look at that as a bad thing. Like, I honestly don't look at my failures this past year as a bad thing. I don't look at it as like, I'm a total failure (laughs) or anything like that. It's just, it's part of learning. And like when a baby learns to walk, they fall down a lot. And that that's okay. And that's part of learning and growing. And if you if you're afraid to take any risks, or to try anything new, it's going to be hard to grow, especially in the online world that is changing very quickly. So I would say it's okay. Go ahead and take those risks, even though you might sometimes fail. I love that. Embrace it, everyone. You will fall down sometimes, but it's okay. (laughs) So thank you so much for chatting with me today, Laura. As we wrap up, do you have either a funny or adorable mom moment to share? 
Sure. And I remember last time I recorded this, my daughter was like 11 or 12 weeks old. So I didn't really, she couldn't do much yet. So I didn't have too much in the way. Um, Now, oh my goodness, she's, you know, has cute moments all the time. But I'll just share one from the other night. I just think it's the cutest thing. She started when she takes a bath, you know, like how your fingers get all wrinkly. So she's all like, she's just mesmerized with that. And like, and she calls it rinky. She's like, hands all rinky bathtub and I just think I don't know I just think the way that she says the word wrinkly is the is the cutest thing and the way she interacts with her her little brother um, she always the other day she he was like crying and I'm like oh no your brother is sad why do you think he's sad and she's like his name is Timothy but she can't say that so she calls him Timmy she's like Timmy wants daddy (laughs) I just thought it was, I mean, he wasn't there, but I just thought it was the cutest thing that she thought, you know, he needed daddy to <laughs> comfort him and things like that. So, but I feel like when they're so little and especially when they're learning to talk, there's just so many cute moments. That's really, aw, that's really sweet. I'm, yeah, I can't, I can't wait for like Holden to be a big brother and to just see, you know, how that sibling interaction is. It'll be cute. Yeah, that'll be really fun. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for talking with me today, Laura. Can you tell everyone where's the best place they can find you online? Yeah, so the best place to find me is on my website, www.iheartplanners.com. And you can find out pretty much about everything I'm doing right there. Awesome. Thanks so much, Laura. Thank you. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant. Brilliant. 